Hi, this is Justin Norman, pastor of Knobs Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome you to the Knobs Baptist Church broadcast. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you'll stay tuned for just a few moments as we have a special song and a message from God's Word. Walking in sunlight all of my journey Over the mountains, through the deep vale Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee Promise divine that never can fail Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight Flooding my soul with glory divine Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing His praises, Jesus is mine. Shadows around me, shadows above me, never conceal my Savior and guide. He is the light, in Him is no darkness, ever I'm walking close to His side. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing His praises, Jesus is mine. In the bright sunlight, ever rejoicing, pressing my way to mansions above. Singing His praises, gladly I'm walking, walking in sunlight, sunlight of love. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing His praises, Jesus is mine. With youngins in our focus and in the forefront of our mind this morning, I'm going to be in Exodus chapter number 2, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Exodus chapter number 2 this morning. Exodus chapter number 2. I'll give you a few moments to find your place. I've got to find my place. I've got so many places marked right here. It ain't even funny. I just want to mind the Lord this morning. Exodus chapter number 2. Very familiar passage of Scripture this morning. Exodus chapter number 2 is you found your place. I'm sure it's not going to be hard to step back one verse. I want to begin reading the last verse of chapter number 1. Exodus chapter 1 verse 22 says, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when he saw him, when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. When she could not longer hide him, 
She took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. She laid it in the flags by the river, by the river's brink, and his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. When she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women? She may nurse the child for thee. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. The woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. I want to preach this morning on caring for the children. Caring for the children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've blessed us with. Certainly is a beautiful day. And I thank you for the good weather and beautiful morning which we can assemble together, even in this manner, as we're outside and can enjoy this comfortable weather. I thank you, Father, for allowing us to assemble safely this morning as folks have uh, come from all across the county and even other counties. And I thank you, Father, for allowing us to join this morning. Lord, may our hearts be open and separated from the things of this world and focused on the Scripture this morning and what it has to say to us. May we take the very principles of the Scripture this morning and apply it to our hearts and lives that we may better serve you. Father, may we realize the importance of the impact that we have upon a child's life and how we can reach a younger generation. And Lord, it takes not just myself, it takes everyone, every hand, to nurture up and foster up children across this nation. And Father, Lord, may we be a light to this lost and dying world and for the generations coming up that know not Christ. May we teach them this wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ and what, you, what you've done for us. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us as parents, as Christians, as friends, even as strangers in the eyes of young people this morning. Lord, may we be that help in their life. May we guide them and direct them and train them up in the way that they should go. Father, we ask your blessings upon the message this morning. Direct our heart and our thoughts, we do pray. First in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. I was pricked as I read this passage of Scripture of Pharaoh's daughter, and as she called Moses, Moses. She said, because I drew him up, out of the water. For certainly there are many parents today, many folks today, uh, that would leave their child in such a place as this. It's sad but true. They would find it fitting to leave a precious soul, 
uh, doomed in a sin-cursed world. And in fact, we look at this passage of Scripture and we see the wonderful picture that is painted before us. And I believe that we could interpret and we could view this passage of Scripture and see just as Pharaoh tried his best to kill the young man-child, to kill all the boys that were born there in Egypt in that day. Uh, certainly there is a devil. Uh, there is Satan himself which is doing his best to try to destroy the lives and the minds and the bodies of precious children today. Don't you dare think for just a moment that Satan himself cares the least little bit about your youngin'. Now, my friend, he has no desire to see that child of yours raised up properly and come to know Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Uh, Satan has no compassion. Uh, he has not the ability to care that your child even lives another day. And I, I don't want to see children fall by the wayside. I don't want to see children fall into the hands of Satan himself uh, for their destruction. For certainly Satan wouldn't love nothing more than to see your child uh, go to a place called hell and spend eternity in that lake of fire. Oh, I believe we see a wonderful picture of Pharaoh as a representation of Satan himself trying to destroy the next generation coming up there in Egypt. Oh, but even the waters of that river, that great Nile that run through Egypt, oh, my friend, certainly this uh, great world of sin and wickedness that is all around us is much like the murky waters of that raging river. Oh, though it may seem calm and though it may seem peaceful, there are many beasts and monsters that are there to devour as a child is placed in that river. Oh, but Pharaoh's daughter, as she went down to wash herself in the river, she picked up this young lad and named him Moses because she drew him up out of the water. It's high time that we as parents today, that we as strangers today, that we as siblings today, that we as children of God draw these youngins up out of the raging waters of sin and set their feet upon a solid rock and establish their goings this morning. Oh, we see that certainly there's a great resemblance of this man-child, of this a young boy by the name of Moses which we know and how his parents had placed him there in the river to try their best to preserve his life. Oh, we notice throughout this passage of Scripture not only Pharaoh, not only the river, but also Moses and his parents. Oh, what about uh, Amram and, uh, and Jochbed? What about them as they had determined within themselves to uh, trust their child and place him in the hands of God? Uh, they couldn't take care of him for someone may come and try to kill him or take his life. And we see that Moses and his mother, even his sister, uh, a dear sibling that was willing to watch and wait and care for her little brother, but also we see the strangers abroad that could come up and foster and nurture and raise a child properly. I'd like to point out a few things about caring for children in this pastor scripture. First of all, I'd like to point out Moses and his refuge. As we see in verse number 3, 
The Bible says, and when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. We see Moses' mother, a jock bed, and how she had took Moses and hid him for three months. But she'd finally found a place of refuge for him. Oh, she took and care of him uh, just long enough. He'd got three months old and uh, certainly uh, he had got old enough and uh, rambunctious enough as a three-month-old and uh, maybe was getting into everything. And uh, certainly uh, as his mother, uh, she saw that uh, she couldn't hide him no more. This was no uh, secret no more. There was folks that were possibly finding out that she had uh, birthed a man-child, this young boy. And uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, some of y'all may have watched that a Star Wars show they come out with called The Mandalorian. And, uh, you know, the child. <laughs> and uh, um, Bubba, he's, he's tore up about that. That Mandalorian and that baby Yoda. And, uh, but that Mandalorian, he takes that baby Yoda and he takes care of it. And there's this little ball. If you watch the show, you'll find out. There's this little ball that that baby Yoda will ride in. And uh, those that have seen the show would know they put that baby Yoda in that thing and he'll cover him up and protect him. And people try to steal him. People try to uh, take his life and these people want to kill him and take advantage of him. Certainly Moses' mother had felt much the same way about Moses, about her precious son. Oh, she wanted to take care of him. But she found out it was no longer in her hands to take care of him. She had to turn him over to someone that was higher than her. Oh, they could protect her child. They could take care of him in this sin-cursed world. She found herself in verse number 3 when she could take care of him no longer. Uh, she had uh, found the bulrushes and began to weave an ark. She began to put an ark together certainly as they went about finding suitable materials to build this particular ark. And uh, they built this ark out of these bulrushes. And uh, just I believe was a great representation of even Noah himself and how the ark was built. And the ark protected Noah and his family and even all the animals that come upon the ark as God had prescribed him. Oh, my friend, the ark is a great place of refuge. The ark is a great place of peace. The ark is a great place of safety for that child to go in and find refuge in a troublesome world. Oh, my friend, there is an ark which we need to point our children to. Oh, when it's out of our hands, when we can't do nothing else about it, when we can't do nothing for them, I want to turn my youngins over to that great ark. I want to turn my youngins over to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh, when it's out of my hands, I can't save their soul. I'm not in control of their life. When things get out of my hands, bless me God, let me tell you something, honey. I want to turn them over to Jesus for He can take care of them. I'm thankful that we serve a Savior this morning that knows more about our children than we do. Mamas oftentimes and daddies too. 
think they know best and oftentimes we try uh, to raise our children according to our own wills and our own purposes. Oh, but my friend, we must turn them over to Jesus Christ. We see the picture of Christ in this ark as the child is carried through the murky waters of the Nile. Oh, we see certainly there are monsters even seeing itself in this sin-cursed world that will try its best to destroy the lives of children today. If they're not in the ark, oh, my friend, they're altogether hopeless. For without Jesus Christ, we are as people which have no hope. May we turn our youngins over to an ark, to a place of refuge, and that refuge is Jesus today. We see that this ark, this wonderful picture of Christ Himself, can carry a young into safety, can carry a young into where he needs to be. For we see not only his refuge, but we see his rescue. Look at verse number four. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. His sister sat, his sister sat by the side and watched him as Moses was in that ark of bulrushes. They laid, they laid him amongst all the weeds, the flags there by the river brink. And his sister stood afar off. She didn't want to leave her little brother. <laughs> wanted to take care of him. See which way he could go. She wanted to be a help to him. Verse 5 says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. When she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. She had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Picture that. <laughs> Little Miriam come up. To Pharaoh's daughter, she said, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. We see the rescue of this particular child. Certainly to rescue was one that would walk along beside this child. As it ventured through in this ark of bulrushes, through this raging water of the rivers, as a child will go through this walk of life, there's nothing like a sibling. I come up with an older brother, and oftentimes we got in fights. Oftentimes we would uh, we'd have all kinds of fights, and we'd argue with one another, and we'd fight and kick and hit and bite and punch one another. But... I know that there was somebody by my side. Oh, I had a sibling that was with me. When times got hard and times got rough, I had a sibling that if nobody else was by my side, I know that I could talk to him. Much like Miriam, Moses' sister, was there to guide and protect him as he was in the ark of these bulrushes going along the river Nile. Uh, swept in by the flags there on the river's brink. 
Boy, it takes somebody to rescue a youngin. And oftentimes it can take a sibling. Oftentimes it can take a, a brother or a sister. But you'll be there when nobody else can. I don't care how old you are, but let me tell you something, honey. You may have a brother or sister that's lost, that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And as a sibling, oh, you could be the one that could lead your brother or sister to Christ. You could be that one that could lead them to rescue. We see that certainly there must be one that's willing to walk beside even in the waters of the Nile River through this wicked and sin-cursed world. Somebody must walk along beside these children, training them up and helping them. We see the sister of Moses there to help, there to the rescue. But we also see a dear stranger that had compassion on the babe as he wept. Can you imagine the maidens? Can you imagine uh, Pharaoh's daughter as she went to the river's brink? And she opened up this ark of bulrushes and she saw this precious child Moses sitting there weeping, crying as a little babe. And she had compassion on him. It takes compassion for an individual to work and cooperate with children. It takes compassion for uh, what these folks inside this fellowship hall is doing today. To have compassion upon the children. I've said before, I'll say it again. Oftentimes, I just don't have the patience. I, I, I don't have the patience oftentimes to deal with my own children. And uh, I pull my hair out. And some people have great compassion. It doesn't matter if you're next to kin or not. You see, this Pharaoh's daughter was a stranger to this baby. Didn't even know Moses. Didn't even know this youngin existed till she found him there on the river brink. Didn't even know that he even existed or was in the world. And oftentimes a stranger with great compassion can take a child that's hurting, can take a child that's lonely, can take a child that's lost and bring them to a place of rescue. I'm thankful for folks in this walk of life that one day were strangers to me. But we happened to cross paths. They didn't know I existed. I didn't know they existed. But one day we crossed paths. And even as a young child, I crossed paths with people that were strangers, strangers before. But now are dear friends that led me on right paths. That helped me in this walk of life. They took me up and drew me up out of the water as I was going about my own way, floating around in this life of sin. Oh, and they told me about Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for strangers in life that can enlighten, that can guide, that can direct and be there when nobody else can. We see the rescue of this young child, not only his refuge, we see his rescue. It's sad to say that Certainly there's many folks that'll see a youngin go by the wayside. How many people could have walked by the river that day and seen that child before one was willing to help him? Oftentimes we'll look at little children today and we'll say, well, they're not mine. That's up to their mom and daddy. Oh, my friend, you may be that stranger 
that can help some young child that is in need. To point them to Christ. To give them the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see His refuge. We see His rescue. But we also see in verse 8 His restoration. Verse 8 says, And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. The maid went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me. And I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. The child grew. She brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter. And he became her son. She called his name Moses. She said, Because I drew him out of the water. We see that as Miriam had come and asked Pharaoh's daughter, Hey, should I go get a Hebrew woman that can nurse this young child? Naturally, Miriam went to her mama. Said, Mama, they found your boy down here at the river. Are we going to bring him to you? You can nurse him back to health. You can take care of him. You can train him up just for a little while. You can wean him and then turn him over. I believe that we see a wonderful picture of the divine providence of God to restore this young child back to his mother that could train him to nurse him. She had made that ark of bulrushes. She had dabbed it with slime and pitch and certainly, you know, if that ark was not built well, as he was placed in this Nile River, as he was placed along the flags along the bank of the river, if that ark was not built up by Mama and built well, it could leak and devastate the life of that child. It's important what we train our youngins up to do. How we train them and instruct them. The direction which we point them. Every little aspect of this story, may I mind you, that if mom and daddy would not have built this ark of bulrushes, would there have been an exodus? If mom and daddy would have not minded God and trusted their youngin in God's hands that day, would there even be deliverance for the children of Israel from bondage in Egypt? For it was this Moses which God would raise up and use mightily for the nation of Israel. Just as that young and you're raising up today, God wants to use him mightily and by His divine providence, He can take that young child of yours and turn him into something great. Turn him into something marvelous for His use today. We see the child in His restoration. Certainly, if the child had not had a sibling, if the child had never seen a stranger to rescue him, where would this child be? Certainly dead, floating down the river of life just as all the other. It's sad to say, but oftentimes we allow these kids to float on by us and not do anything for them. It's vital for us in the restoration of the generations coming up that we teach and educate and uplift and restore them properly. You may say, preacher, what should we do? 
What do I need to do for these young generations coming up behind me? How can I help and support them? What can I do for my own kids? For certainly, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train a child up in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. There's some things throughout the Scripture that can guide us into how we are to train our kids, to instruct them, just as Moses' mother just as Jochebed was had that ability to take Moses in and nurse him and grow him up. You and I today should do much the same with our children and the generations around us. I believe without a doubt throughout the Scriptures we see first of all that we need to realize that these children of ours they're not our property. Somebody say amen right there. These kids ain't just our kids. Now, I, I don't mean that no disrespect to mamas by no means. Mamas, oftentimes they say, well, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. My mama said that. Mama, you may have brought them into this world, but you didn't make them. These children are of God. They're His property and they're His children. May I mind you of that? For certainly the psalmist said in Psalm 127 that the children are the heritage of the Lord. By the way, the fruit of the womb is His reward. If God has blessed you with a youngin today, you better be thankful and grateful because these youngins ain't just yours. These youngins are His property. It's by His gracious hand He allows us to have these kids for just a little while, it seems like, to nurture them, to nurse them. Just as Moses was restored to his mother, these youngins, may I tell you, friend, these youngins were given to you by God for you to help nurture, to foster and take care of, to raise up right. It's a good point to remember that these youngins are not just ours, they're His. They're His property. I believe it's pretty sound for us. Secondly, when we realize these youngins are His, we must dedicate these youngins to Him. Surrender your youngins and this next generation unto Christ, unto God Himself, for Him to use in His work. How many times do we raise our kids and we want to raise them up the way we want to? I love playing golf. I ain't got to play golf in a long time. I love playing golf. When I was really getting into playing golf, boy, it tickled me to give my youngins a golf club and a, and a golf ball and take them out in the yard and let them hit. Just let them hit. Try to show them a little bit. Like I said, I don't have the patience to teach real well. Try to show them how to hit a little bit. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I ain't been hunting in a long time. Feels like I ain't been fishing in years, <laughs> but I have been. I love to hunt, love to fish, and I'd love to take my youngins and let them fish. Just put a pole in their hand and let them figure them out. That's how I was done. Boy, it tickles me as a father to see my youngins want to do these things, but is that appropriate and necessary? That's my will. 
These are things I'd love for them to do. But we as parents oftentimes must dedicate and surrender our children unto God. Put my will to the side. My youngins, they could care less about golf anyways. <laughs> if they never want to go fishing again, then let it be. As long as they know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that's all that matters to me. I don't care if they don't get a good education. I send them to school anyways and I wonder what the teachers do. Boy, when they get home, if there's anything I can teach them, I want to teach them about Christ. For that's what's important. I believe secondly we should dedicate and surrender these youngins unto Him. But when we teach and when we instruct, thirdly, we must be reminded when we do teach and when we do instruct, when we correct our kids, may we do it with the right motives. I certainly believe Proverbs 13, 24. It says, spare the rod, hate the child. It's a proper thing. It's a just thing to correct a kid. Boy, when they misbehave, when they do things that are disobedient, I believe they should be corrected. Spare the rod. Hate the child. Not spoil the child. Hate the child. I love my youngins too much to let them be too bad. But I also believe, I don't believe in beating and abusing. Scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 4, And ye fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Colossians says much the same. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Boy, there is a proper way which we can teach and instruct and train and even correct our children. Boy, I must question my motives. Make sure that they're right and just. When I teach and correct and train my children, I dare not provoke them to wrath or to anger. That they be discouraged. Shame on me. Fourth, we see that when we educate, when we do teach, not only should we search our motives, but we should teach and educate for them to serve God. For even Jesus said in Matthew 19, verse 14, Suffer, little children, forbid them not to come unto Me. I believe when we teach them, we must teach them the things of God. How to serve Christ. How to live for Him. These are of utmost importance. For when we educate, when we teach, when we train them, when we instruct them, we must put more attention on the soul instead of the body. We must put more attention on the heart instead of the mind. We must put more attention to eternity instead of time. For these things will pass away. But things that are eternal will live forever.
Edward Payson said back in 1811, as a 28-year-old pastor in a church up north, he said, what if God should place in your hand a diamond? Listen to this. What if God should place in your hand a diamond and tell you to inscribe on it a sentence which should be read at the last day and be shown then as an index of your own thoughts and feelings? What care, what caution would you exercise in the selection? Now this is what God has done. He has placed before you the immortal minds of your children, more imperishable than the diamond on which you're about to inscribe every day and every hour by your instructions, by your spirit, and by your example. Something which will remain and be exhibited for or against you at the judgment day. You and I as Christians, as adults, have a great responsibility which God has entrusted us with to restore and care for these children. I believe it fitting this morning for us to join together in prayer for the generations coming up behind us that we pray that God lead us appropriately that we pray that God would prick our hearts and use us to mold and form and fashion these kids according to the Scriptures. Just as Payson said in that quote, as a diamond in the hand, that we may inscribe upon them and see fruit in that day of judgment. I'd ask you to bow your heads this morning as we pray together. Father, I come to you this morning humbly. For we see the great responsibility that has been placed before us. Yes, as parents, as you have blessed us with these wonderful children, that oftentimes we do not train and lead appropriately. But Father, it, as Christians, to the children around us, may we be just as Pharaoh's daughter and look upon them with great compassion, willing to take them up to rescue and to restore. May we see, Father, Your divine providence working through them and in their lives. There may be another great preacher coming up among these boys and girls. There may be another great teacher coming up among these boys and girls. There may be a great missionary coming up among these children. Father, that you'll use mightily abroad and even at home. These children may be ones that have such great heart and a zeal to serve You. May we teach them that way. May we not just tell, but also lead by example. May we train them walking hand in hand, nurturing, fostering, lifting them up for certainly the things of this world 
would love to drag these children down. And Father, we ask that You place Your perfect hand of protection around them. May we lead them to the blessed hope, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. That when everything in this world comes against them, Lord, they can have such peace and hope in their Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we failed if we give them not the gospel. We failed if we give them not that wonderful story of hope leading them to You. Father, help us as parents, as Christians this morning, looking after, tending to, and caring for the children. This next generation coming up behind us. Lord, may our focus be upon them and training them right. We need Your help, Your guidance. Keep us in the book. Keep our hearts meditating continually upon Your precious Word. May we be that light. As Your light shines in us, may we share it with those that are lost. Father, may we go throughout this community just as Pharaoh's daughter walk in the riverbank, may we walk this riverbank of life looking for those children that's been left by the wayside for the tides to sweep out, for sin to take and conquer and destroy, for Satan to take and kill on an awful path of destruction. May we walk the riverbanks of life Find these youngins and lead them to you. May we realize continually this great responsibility which you've placed upon us. May you give us that strength we need. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Amen.